it feels so good to say today on August 31st, 2020. Hello once again, Cougar Nation, and welcome inside the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for our season debut of The Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. We are not in our usual home inside Studio C, but we are on a great set here on the second floor of the Broadcasting Building. Hope to be back in Studio C about a month from now, but in the meantime, welcome to this new home and the assistant head coach of the BYU Cougars joining us, special teams coordinator and linebackers coach Ed Lamb. Hello again, Coach Lamb. Greg, how are you? I'm really good. It's good to see you. Good. Nice to be here. I'm glad nice we're talking football again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're the envy of a bunch of college football teams that aren't talking football right now. And isn't that the case? I mean, literally, not, not just it's, it's the only team west of Texas playing football this fall. That's, that's quite something. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's fantastic for our guys. They have the choice to play. Um, and to my knowledge, everybody has chosen to play at this point, and so we're, we're really excited about the opportunity we have. All right, first of all, uh, it's great to have this 2020 season to discuss, but uh, as a springboard into the new campaign, uh, how do you think of last season when you see BYU going 7-6 and six in uh, 2019? Well, certainly there's some great memories that I, that I don't want to... Uh... I don't want to ignore, but there were some great wins, there were some great efforts, some great individual efforts, team efforts, and uh, things that I think our fans can get excited about. But overall, I feel like it was a disappointment. I feel like we have more abilities um, with our players, and I feel like that we can get a a higher level of productivity, a higher level of win total, and that's been a real focus for us all this offseason. You see two of the the wins referenced that you talked about were those overtime games against uh, Tennessee and USC. Those are certainly high points. They were. Yeah, there were some great individual and team efforts in those games. Uh, There were some great calls by the the coaching staff members. And, uh, you know, something to certainly to build on, but we missed the opportunity to build on those last year. And I thought that we didn't uh, maintain a sharp edge and uh, went through some doldrums there in the the middle part of the season after after a couple of those victories. When the season concluded after the bowl game, uh, what's, what's your decompressed time like, you personally, for, for things to kind of just get put to bed before you can start thinking about what's next? Sure. Well, most seasons, it's, we go right into recruiting, which is a, a type of decompression. It's a, it's a different, uh, there's a different set of uh, routines, there's a different strategy, and, and there's a new energy, I think, when, when the seasons change in football, from off-season to in-season to recruiting season, etc. Spring ball is another one, but uh, but this this past year we had our recruiting cut uh, significantly short in terms of getting out and actually interacting with some of those recruits and high school coaches face to face, and so um, the the quarantine I think affected everybody. The isolation was real for our players, it was real for our coaches. Um, there's I think it's real real for everybody around the country and around the world. So that's those are the things that I was facing as well. Yeah. So that segues us into the fact that just two months after your bowl game. Uh, you're into spring ball, but it gets cut short by the COVID crisis. Recalling your thoughts now as you look back, what did you think we were dealing with at the time, and did you see it potentially affecting the 2020 season? Uh, no, at, at that time when it, when it all happened, I just thought it was a matter of time before the numbers and the data just proved that this is you know, a, a, an overreaction. And now, you know, now I think I'm, uh, I'm to the point personally, and it seems like where everybody is, is what numbers do we look at, what numbers do we trust, and... Is there, is there even a way for somebody who's, it's not my field, to know, to, to be able to look at this thing and have any kind of perspective at all? And so I think, I think what we're doing is following the guidance of those around us who have expertise and doing the best we can to set an example for getting back to daily life. And if a football game can represent that and BYU can be part of it, I think that's a, that's a huge opportunity for us to show that we can do it right and do it well and do it safely. 
How do you think the guys generally handled the COVID protocols from time on their own when they were on their own to now being in a, in a different kind of camp environment and a preseason environment? What I've seen is, is a linear progression in their understanding. And, and our, I have to credit our professionals, our training staff, our doctors, and, and the fact that these guys just have knowledge. They have more knowledge at their fingertips than, than what we had when we were their age. But our players, um, I see a, a renewed and increased commitment every day to following the protocols, to making sure that we put, eventually to put it in a game perspective, that uh, the Cougars and the midshipmen have, have zero cases of COVID out on the field together. And I think there's a, the highest likelihood that that's going to occur. How was the physical adjustment for the guys to dealing with things like masks on their faces when they're not used to feeling any kind of uh, encumberment uh, when, when on the field? We've had to coach that like any other technique. I think, um, I think there's a high level of discomfort. I think it definitely impacts the level of play. I think our guys, they can, they can feel less oxygen, less ability to, to, you're a runner, so CO2 exchange, you know that phrase and how important that is, and, and it's, a, it's, a major, it's a major issue. But um, so is blocking and tackling and, and keeping your eye on the football and ball security and, and all these other t- fundamentals that we teach, and this is a new fundamental now, at least for the time being in football, is we have to protect ourselves and those around us and make sure that we can continue to do this thing that we love. Reminds me of Ken Niamatololo, who I saw saying recently, we have to coach football, we have to coach COVID. Like there's almost two different ways to go about your job right now. That's right. So you prepared for a 2020 schedule, originally featuring six P5 opponents, great game, start to finish. Uh, Now due to the pandemic, uh, you're looking at eight games right now, at least, Mm -hmm. against a very different kind of opponent slate. But it's intriguing in its own way. And I guess the most intriguing thing is you get to open the season on a Monday night when it's truly Monday night football at a, at a service academy and a program with tradition and, and, and great respect. Uh, again, intriguing in its own way, the, the new schedule. It is, yeah. And, and just the reality of it is coaches, players, we don't have anything to do, assistant coaches anyway, we don't have anything to do with the schedule. So uh, some of the excitement that the fans and media might have about how many Power 5 opponents that we're facing, that really is kind of manufactured or maybe even something that's implanted in our guys as, as we read the, the press clippings. I think there's a, probably an archive of your show last year where I said, I'm not so worried about the first four, I'm worried about Toledo. And, and that, that tended to be or ended up being a little bit of a reality there is that we, we didn't quite prepare like I think we should have for that game. And so I think if we can learn whatever the schedule is to take it one game at a time to bring our very best effort, that is the goal, bring our very best effort. And the score is what the score is. It's unique, though, it, when, when, when camp began, you didn't have a season opening an opponent yet. That's right. Guys were getting ready for something, and it wasn't too long before they found out it was Navy, and that yeah. really had to help things, right? Yeah. yeah, it sure helped things. But, again, the schedule is what it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a day of practice to get better. And if that was the only thing we were working toward that day, then I think it's just important that we learn how to do that. So in some ways it, it may have may have helped us just to focus on us and getting better. And now we have an opponent, but you know what? That opponent's everything until it's not. And we have a new opponent the next week. And hopefully we've, hopefully we've been able to learn something about that, not just through camp, training camp, but also last year. All right. Tune in Tuesdays for BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, your weekly look inside the BYU Football program with Coach Sitake, players and great features. That's Tuesdays at 8.30 Eastern. That'll be live on the BYU TV app. Coming up next, Coach Lamb giving us his special teams MVP from training camp and helps us preview next week's season opener at the U.S. Naval Academy. This is the Coordinator's Corner, and we are brought to you as always by JCW's The Burger Boys.
snap, pulled, kick on its way. It is through for three. Jake the Make does it again. That was fun. We are back on the coordinator's corner with BYU special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. BYU at Navy one week from today. And to open this segment, uh, how great to be uh, facing again a service academy, a great venue, cool storyline too, Ed, with uh, two Polynesian head coaches going head to head. That's right. Uh, what a moment for those guys and for the Polynesian community and, um, and, and for the community of the North Shore of, of Hawaii too. And they both have ties there and connections and, and grew up for a time there. The, um, the, game, the game has changed that way. There's so many Polynesian players. There's African-American players. It's nice to see the coaching staffs move toward that, not, not just the makeup of assistant coaching staffs, but head coaches as well. So this is, a, I think, a big moment, maybe the first time that it's happened, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Ed, Ed Mulitalo, who's the head coach at uh, Southern Virginia, he called and said, hey, is there any chance that the third most famous Polynesian head coach could be, uh, could be in attendance at that game? So <laughs> yeah, that, people that, are watching. It's a that, big deal. It's a tough ticket, by the way, to get in right now. Uh, I've told everybody, don't yeah. ask me. It's, yeah. it's impossible. <laughs> I'm worried about myself getting there. Uh, how much time have you spent in Hawaii, by the way, over your years? Oh, um, just mainly uh, b- before I um, started uh, coaching and, and began to pick it up in recruiting, I did some at Southern Utah, and, and now that's one of my main areas here at BYU. Yeah. But, before that, it was really just the first time I'd ever been there was as a player at BYU. And so a neat opportunity to do that. Did that a couple of times and then as a coach. And then, and then now, if recruiting's in full swing and we don't have COVID measures, then I would be there maybe, maybe three weeks a year mm-hmm. or so. Gotcha. Uh, let's get to some positional talk. We'll start on special teams. Uh, fans know the name, Jake Oldroyd. Uh, he's back and projected to be your starting place kicker, right? Uh, but you add a new leg. It belongs to a kid named Ryan Rico. Tell us about him. Ryan is a fantastic athlete. Um, he he really he was a, a very good high school basketball player. Played defensive end and tight end as well. He's a full what are those dimensions six, five, six five, 240? 240. He can really run. So so like a lot of the things he brings to our team. But he is uh, you know his brother's an NFL um, kicker and punter and uh, and that's his goal. And so when we try to say hey what what we like to do here is look at everybody in the positions where they might be able to help the team. And he said, well, I'll do whatever the, you guys ask, but I feel like my greatest potential is at punter. And so glad to see that type of conviction out of him. He's punted really well all through camp, excited about what he can do for us. Does he have a good kickoff leg if you need to go that way? I know that you're probably planning on Jake kicking off, but Ryan can do it too, right? He does. That's that's the one um, area that's being contested right now. I think Jake is just clearly taking the lead in the, in the PATs and field goals. And uh, Ryan is clearly taking the lead in the, the punting responsibilities. But the kickoff duties is something that we're still working through. I feel like we have two good options right now. Okay. Uh, Hayden Livingston is back as your holder. Uh, and you had a good battle going on uh, to replace the long snapper spot. How's that look? We do. Yeah, Britt Hogan has made a lot of improvements. Um, I was not expecting that he would be in the mix this year, quite honestly. And I've told him that, too. So this won't be a surprise to him if he's listening. But he's just improved himself. He's worked, worked incredibly hard. And then, uh, yeah, we've got Riggs there at, at the spot. Those guys are battling neck and neck every day. And right now it looks like uh, probably Hogan on the punts and Riggs on the PATs and field goals. And that, that could change after today, to be honest. The guy swinging the leg gets the most attention, but this is an operational unit we're talking about. And so when I mentioned holder and long snapper, there is integral as anything else you're trying to do. They sure are, yeah. And we have a returner there with Hayden Livingston at the holder. Um, and then uh, Ryan Rico actually is a very competent holder as well. So we've been working with both of those guys. Okay, how about return game, uh, punt and kickoff? Who are some main names in the mix as you head into game week? 
Dax Milne's been the surest hands at the punt return position. Also, uh, Lopini Katoa has been working quite a bit at that, and uh, that's it's a fairly new skill for him. But what I've found is that uh, you want to find who's got somewhat of a natural ability to, to field punts and then and then hone it down from there, and he does have a, a real natural ability, so he looks good. And then at the kickoff return position, you know, Caleb Christensen is one of the reasons we recruited him. Mm. I think he had six uh, returned all the way for touchdowns in high school. Has a real knack for hitting it hard and with courage and a lot of natural ability to go with that. Okay. Uh, and anybody else besides Caleb in the kick return game that you're thinking about uh, pairing down to, or is he kind of the, the leader right now? Yeah, we've used, we've used Miles Davis and, uh, and a kind of a, a whole slew of guys back there. Caleb, Caleb seems to be out in yeah. front. It's right probably a, a good when you have uh, Tuiaki on the show. He's actually heading up our kickoff return efforts. So it's okay. a good question for him as well. He might be able to give you some more detail. And I see him right over there, and he's coming up next. All right, uh, with a mixture of vets and uh, new faces on special teams uh, during this whole month of August to look at, who did you pick? as your special teams camp MVP. Uh, that, that's interesting, yeah. So I actually, in as much as my authority would allow, I did not submit him as the special teams MVP. I submitted him as the team MVP for wow. training camp. Wow. Uh, he has made huge strides on the wide receiver depth chart. He's a wide receiver for us. Um, he played uh, quarterback in high school. He's been playing on the scout team with the, with the option look for us, and that is a critical part of preparing for the option is to have a quarterback that can make that thing work. And then he's a coverage guy on special teams, and those, those are the most coveted positions, those that can run down the field great distances with speed and have the courage to shed blocks and make tackles. And he's doing all of that right now at a really high level. So he does do some special teams work for you, but he's Mr. All-Around right now in fall camp for you. I think he's the overall MVP of our camp for whatever my vote is worth. Okay. All right, before we get into Navy a little bit, linebackers, your position. Uh, while it's great to have a senior leader, in Isaiah Kofusi, how encouraging is it to see all these sophomores be some of your more experienced and then impactful players in that group right now? It is, and they're, and they're tremendous leaders. I think Isaiah, um, in some ways, has shown them how to lead and what's appropriate, when to speak up and, and coach some of your teammates, when to give them encouragement, when to give them some space. Isaiah's really uh, become a master at that and, and so grateful for what he brings. And then, yeah, you see uh, those names up there, Max Turley, Keenan Peely, Peyton Wilgar, they're playmakers. They've been making plays all camp long, and I think they're just raising the level of play of everybody around them, offense and defense. Opening with a Flexbone Service Academy uh, puts a premium on different skill sets. Tackling's the most obvious one. In reality, the best tacklers might be amongst uh, the most important players in this kind of game, really the first two games. That's what we start with. Yeah, we, we no, There will be no coverage corners in this game. There will be no coverage safeties. There are some games where that might be appropriate and, and you feel like those guys won't have much of an opportunity to make tackles. This is not one of those games. So we have to have our best tacklers on the field. If that's, if that's playing with eight or nine linebackers or four or five safeties, then, then that's what we do. Unfortunately, we have guys like Chaz Ayu and, and Kavika Fonua who have played multiple positions. They fit in multiple spots. Troy Warner is another one, and we're going to take full advantage of their athleticism and utility. And that's one of the things, too. If you want to see what BYU's defense is going to look like, it might look a little different in the first two games than it does the rest of the way. We're, we are actively practicing a, a small amount of time each day for our third game, Troy. We're going to be playing option defense the first two weeks, and there are a lot of similarities in what we do versus option teams, and, and that's, that's important to keep some semblance of, uh, of a system. But make no mistake about it, the, the third game will bring a whole different set of challenges than the first two. Uh, tough as it is to defend, maybe a bit of a benefit that you have them back-to-back? I mean, you, you get your dose of it early here? 
I, I think yeah, there are there are benefits and challenges. Yeah, the, the challenge being, you know, we, we become an option defense and we're going to be very practiced up and it'll be uh, literally our first game of playing uh, a, a more traditional or at least more modern style of, of defense when we face Troy in our third game. And the Navy last year, tremendous. Uh, an eight-game improvement from three wins one season to 11 only a season later. That's right. They, they had a tremendous season last year. Very solid on defense and special teams, as you would expect from, a, from an academy team. Very disciplined, and, and that's such a um, huge factor in playing defense and special teams. And then on offense, they, they really had some guys that made them go, especially their quarterback. Uh, he, he was lost to graduation right. He's in the NFL now, but, um, but they've got another quarterback that they've promoted from deep down the depth chart, and so he must be doing a heck of a job. And watching his high school uh, video, he's got a lot of abilities, a lot of athletic ability. And that quarterback you mentioned that departed, and Malcolm Perry is actually making some waves in the Miami Dolphins camp. As you mentioned, he's in the NFL now, and they like him. So he's had a great... He, he looks incredibly strong. I yeah. think he could play at that level. Uh, a social media question for Coach Lamb before we let him uh, get on with his day. Uh, this is from Sam Critchfield, who says, Outside of the uncertainty of the schedule, which has been the hardest part of preparing for a season during a pandemic? Well, just just more speaking for myself, to be in a position of of administration or leadership, which which all of our coaching staff is to some degree or, or another, it's so hard to know where the correct information lies and whether it's even possible to to get a, a good handle on this mm-hmm. and then try to impart that or support the right measures and and encourage players in the right way. But um, the the isolation that our players and others have felt during this time, it's real. And so we've all had to become experts as quickly as possible in helping guide, guide those guys. And, and hopefully we are, we're tapping into the latest science. I know we have people that are higher than me on the administrative chain and trying to feed us that information. And um, I, think, I think we're doing our level best and, and the numbers would support it right now. We've got a healthy football team and so does Navy. And right now it's game on. It is game on. It feels good to be at this position. We hope that, um, you know, things go as well as expected, as well as planned, and we keep this routine going every week and that the games keep on rolling, right? Yeah, we are 100% committed to it. All right, Coach Lamb, great to see you. Great to see you, Greg. Thank you. All right, as we uh, head to break, a reminder that uh, dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality and a lot of it. Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. To get you ready for game day in BYU and Navy, tune in to Cougar pregame live on Labor Day, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on BYU Radio. Coming up next... BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki taking us into preparations for the Navy option attack as game day is one week away for the Cougars. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You are in the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. And on this season premiere of the show, we visit with all three coordinators. Once we're in season, we'll settle into a rotation of uh, two coaches per week. Today, though, it's the hat trick. And the coach who wears the defensive coordinator's hat is Elisa Tuiaki. Coach E, great to see you again. Good to be back. It's good to have this going again. It's game day. Game day is a week away, so it's game week. Yeah, so excited to be back. There was a lot of question about it before, but... We're moving forward, so hopefully things stick. We are there. Uh, it's more than eight months since you guys last played a game. Before we look ahead a little bit, uh, a brief look back from you. How do you assess BYU when you take a quick second to reflect on, on the 2019 season that ended at 7-6? Uh, and six? 
You know, there's uh, <clears throat> hindsight's always twenty twenty when you look back as a as a coach about uh, you know things that you you could have changed, uh, things that you could have done differently, personnel changes maybe, schematical things, and uh, you know um, I, I thought uh, towards the end of it there. Couple of games that we let get away from us, but overall the end of the season was a little bit better than the beginning, just or at least in the middle of it. And uh, I mean, you know, when we go back and look at it, it's really just, again, when you when you look back, hindsight's a little bit better. You're like, oh, why'd I do this, or why do we do that, or why do this? And so looking looking forward to just uh, you know making better decisions and putting the kids in a better position to, to be successful. But the high points were pretty high last year, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I thought that you know there were some some good games. Um, some positives on defense that that we definitely look back and draw on a lot of things, uh, a lot of things that we did well, but uh, certainly some, a lot of things that, that we have to improve as well. Okay, so COVID hits in the spring. You got six practices in. Uh, what did you get out of those when you think about spring? And then how do you think this team bounced back from the isolation that followed when they got back together as a team to get ready for for August? Yeah, uh, being able to practice a couple of times in spring was good, um, but we did lose a lot of the a lot of the opportunities to develop you know we've got we've still got a young team we've got a young defense um, there are kids that we, we were expecting to to be contributors this year that lost out on those opportunities in the spring but um, I thought coming back into into camp because everybody was geeked up to play there's a, a lot more urgency uh, for the young guys to, to improve there's a lot more urgency with the veteran guys coming back and making sure that uh, things were done the right way that uh, you know we definitely made up some slack of some of the time that we lost in spring Navy head coach Ken Niumatololo has talked a lot about the challenges of coaching in the midst of a pandemic. He says as coaches, you have to have a football plan and a COVID plan. Uh, how do you think you and your coaches have grown in, in trying to get ready to play a football season while adhering to you know, all these new protocols and new ways of doing things that you have to instruct the guys about? Yeah, it's, it, it really is. It's a, it's a challenge because uh, a lot of things that you're going through, you're going through for the first time. Um, you're making adjustments for the first time and looking back at those as well and, and uh, thinking, about, thinking about maybe things that you could have done differently that you decided to you know, go one way or the other. And so it's, it's still, there's not, really, there's not really any experience in the past to draw and say, in the past we did this. It's, it's uh, making a decision, trying to figure out what's best for the team and the players and, and moving forward. So there, there's, there's still challenges that we don't foresee now that are kind of something comes up and it's like, okay, well, this is the best way that we're going to be able to deal with it and make sure that the, the team and the players are in the, in the best spot. Have the guys all settled into a comfortable st- a spot with the shield, or the coverings on their face mat, or their helmets, and uh, how do you see the sidelines playing out in terms of coaches? They'll have, probably have some face shields as well. We yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, throughout fall camp and a couple of scrimmages that we've had in the stadium, it's been, it's been good to experience it. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a little different from – from everything that we've been used to, from coaches to players, but I think the players are starting to, to uh, get a little bit more comfortable with what's going on now, and they know that any of the measurements that we're, 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 we're having to take is because we want to play ball, and, and everyone's down with that. All right, heading to break, and BYU TV gets you set for the Cougars' first game of the season on Countdown to Kickoff. Tune in next Monday, 7 Eastern, on BYU TV. Coming up next, we look ahead to one week from tonight and BYU's season opener at Navy. Plus, we get a defensive MVP or MVPs from Camp Cougar 2020 as the coordinator's corner continues right here on the BYU TV app. Clap, the chest high snap, the pull away from the running back, dumps it off 
Intercepted. Yes, it is. Isaiah Kafusi with a pick. 35-30 to the far sideline near the 25-yard line. The Cougars again with a takeaway. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys, visiting with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. And we are one week away from opening the 2020 college football season at Navy. Uh, Coachy, how happy are you, first of all, that after all the craziness of the last six months, we're actually talking about an opponent and you're in that routine of a game week? Yeah, we're, we're excited. We're excited to be playing football and excited for the players. Um, you know that there's a lot of a lot of craziness going on in the country right now and, and a lot of people that are missing out on an opportunity to play, at least this fall. And so uh, we certainly are excited to be in that, that spot right now. And feeling fortunate, like you just said. Uh, I've heard players talk about this opportunity as kind of a blessing to actually be among the teams playing football and really the only one in the West. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I know there's a lot of gratitude uh, in the coaches, coaches' office as well as with the players. Just, I mean, it, it is. It really is a... A big opportunity and I mean you you saw some of the stuff that was going on with just uh, some of the conferences uh, going conference only then all of a sudden canceling and um, there's a lot of talk about whether or not our our position as independent was uh, something that was uh, that was a big disadvantage and you know kind of talks going back and forth but I think at the end of the day that's why you're playing now Tom's done a really good job and and I think the situation that we're in right now has been fortunate for us so when training camp began, you didn't even have a season opening an opponent. Really, when, when practices started, Navy wasn't on the docket yet. Yeah. It soon came on, uh, and that had to help. Uh, we'll get to them in a bit. But if you, if you look back at camp, uh, going through it, from when you didn't have an opponent to then preparing for Navy and getting ready for a season, if you had to pick a, a defensive MVP or MVPs from camp, who do you look to? Yeah, you know, that, uh, it's, it's really, as I thought about uh, this camp, um, trying to pick an MVP. I mean, there's certainly been a lot of guys that stuck out in a positive way, but the guys that you could tell when they were not on the field were really two of the defensive tackles and Bracken and Kyrus, as well as uh, two of the backers and Keenan and Peyton. I mean, when they were not on the field, there was, a, there was an, an obvious difference in, in the production of the defense and the way that we played and the stoutness. And, and I thought that all four of those guys did a really good job and, and uh, were guys that, uh, that earned that this, this fall camp. And I know BYU fans were so happy that uh, there would be another season for Kairos Tonga, and he is back hoping to make his senior season one that really counts for him and the team, obviously, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Having him back, you know, having, having uh, Bushman come back as well, I mean, those guys to forego their, their, uh, their NFL career and come back and play was, was huge for us as a team, you know, for the morale, their leadership. And, I mean, uh, we're, we're happy to have them back, and I know the team's excited to be playing with them. Okay, it was back during that first week of camp that you found out you'd be getting Navy, uh, opening at Navy. Your thoughts four weeks ago when you saw Navy pop up, and how do you think the team has really drilled down on defending that, uh, that flex bone? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, having, having not defended before and never faced the option as a coordinator, um, I mean, there was immediate anxiety, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but uh, there was also excitement, you know, a little bit of both as far as just, you know, an opportunity to, to, to play a, a team like that, uh, to play Ken as well. I mean, he's, he's been a mentor and, and a guy that's um, always looked up to as far as just the way that he's carried himself and the program that, that he's had, but also, you know, playing in academy school, I think is. Is, is a challenge and uh, um, something that the boys are looking forward to. Well, it's, it's not only a challenge, it's the first of back-to-back challenges because it'll be a little different look from personnel, but Navy, uh, Navy goes right into Army two weeks later, right? Yeah, yeah, that is, that's, uh, again, I, that, they're, they're, you know, pros and cons to both of them. I mean, being able to stay 
stay in the in the Navy defense or in the in the, in the option defense yeah. and and kind of have that tuned up is good. But uh, those guys do such a good job with just their adjustments and the in, intricate parts of, of finding out what you're doing and attacking it. And so we've got to we've got to make sure that uh, we're sound in the way that we're playing, and doing a good job. Since you brought him up, uh, when do you recall first meeting Ken Nimatalolo? I was at Kearns High School um, as a, just an assistant coach, you know, and they had the all-poly camps going, and I had a couple of players at Kearns that I wanted to take to there, and so, so I went to the all-poly camp, and they, they needed some coaches, and, and I volunteered, and, and I saw Ken there, you know, and he was kind of walking around and, and evaluating some coaches or just kind of helping out with some drills, and he came by, and, and uh, you know, he complimented me, and, I, and that always stuck out to me in just the way that he was. It was uh, that, that type of kindness. <clears throat> sticks to you as a young coach. So how does it, how does it play to you that you see Ken Matololo and Kalani Sitake as two Polynesian head coaches going head to head? I think it's, I think it's, it's going to be fun. I think it's awesome. I mean, both, both the backgrounds as well. I mean, you know, you talk about them because they both come from Laie and, and Ken does as well. I was born there as well. And so I'm kind of just the guy, the guy behind, but I'm, but, to see um, two Polynesian head coaches, I mean, it's, <laughs> that chokes you up a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing. I think it's a really cool thing. Well, in this uh, most unusual of seasons, what a special season opener it's going to yeah. be, right? For sure. I think, I think it'll be fun. I think, yeah. you know, the, the whole nation's eyes are on you. Um, the pandemic, you know, the, so many different things going on that it's being able to get back to the normalcy of, of competing and playing football against uh, an academy school, against, you know, with, with uh, um, the first Samoan head coach, the first Tongan head coach, both coming from Laim. And there's, there's a lot of cool things about this story. And um, just just happy that, that Ken and Navy wanted to play, you know, so... Certainly, certainly excited and thankful for that. Okay. Social media question for Coach Tuiaki coming in from Michael Christensen, who says, being your first time defending the option as a coordinator, did you lean on or learn from any outside coaches or just others on the staff to help form a defensive game plan for Navy? Yeah, you, you, you know, any time that you defend anything, and, and the air raid, which is the passing version of, of the option, is really you, you, you lean on, on people that defended it well. I mean, there's... Coaches always making phone calls, you know, there's connections being made in, in the coaching world, and it's, um, you know, people that you know, people that you trust, and you're calling people and just trying to find out, uh, you know, the best way. And then, and then there's film, right? Like, so you, we, we went back and watched and just looked. I mean, everybody's really trying to do the same thing, and it's getting the details of how to coach somebody to do something specific and talking to these coaches that have done a good job defending it and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, I, I couldn't, as, as soon as we got that game, you know, I, I looked at Coach Lamb and I was like, you guys defended Cal Poly, you know, for so many years while you were the head coach at SUU. I said, Kalani, you've, you've defended Air Force when you were at, at, uh, um, at Utah. Utah and it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I wouldn't be able to sit here and try to come up with a plan just by watching film. There's a lot of, a lot of people to lean on, a lot of knowledge to be gotten. And, and I think that uh, I, I feel pretty good about our game plan, but it's uh, – as a team that does what they do, and so they're really, really efficient at it, and we've got to make sure that, that our guys are schooled up the right way to stop it.
We have one more week of schooling up to do. Uh, game day is a week away for the Cougs and the midshipmen. So we're not on the air next week because it's a game day. We're going to be out in Maryland, but we'll uh, have this show back rolling in two weeks' time, and we'll have Coach Tuiaki on regularly throughout the season, of course. Great to have you back, Yuri. It's good to be back. Thank you. All right, great to see you. It is break time. When we come back, we'll head to the other side of the ball with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes joining us. This is the Coordinator's Corner. It continues right here on the BYU TV app. Stay with us. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's, The Burger Boys, BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event, Siegfried and Jensen, serving Utah families for over 25 years. From our temporary home here on the second floor of the beautiful BYU Broadcasting Building, we are back on our season debut of the Coordinator's Corner as we welcome in for the start of his third season on Kalani Sitake's staff, the Cougars offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. Hello, Coach Grimes. Howdy. Good to see you. It's, 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 it's better to see you than normal, I would say. <laughs> I am excited. Uh, this means it's football season. It does. Yeah. I wasn't sure we'd get to this. I hoped we would get to this spot, but here we are, uh, a week away from kicking off the 2020 season now at Navy. We keep fingers crossed, as always, but so far so good as we try to play ball, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I'm just so thankful that we're in this position. I mean, so many... So many of my friends, people that I know and, and that we all know in the business are without football right now, and I yeah. feel, feel bad for them, but uh, I certainly um, am happy that we're in position to play and, and grateful to our administration and all the work that Tom has done to put us in position to play some games, and I just I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have a fall without football, and in particular this year, because I'm so excited about our team, about our offense, and a lot of guys coming back with experience and a talented group of guys, and so I'm excited about it. I was just going to say that very same thing. As long as you've played and have coached and you've got colleagues who are in this position and players, you imagine to not have this be part of your life for this really key segment of the year that you've had every year for years and years. Yeah, it, it was hard enough just being without spring ball. I mean, I, I, I'll never forget the day that, you know, we, we canceled spring practice, and um, I just I felt lost and honestly <laughs> depressed for a few days. And so I can't imagine being that way right now. Okay. I mentioned it's season three for you calling the plays. Uh, each of your first two seasons ended with bowl games and seven and six records. Uh, how do you assess what BYU got done on offense last season, 2019? Well, like any coach probably, when you, when you make progress, you're pleased with the progress but not content. And, and certainly I feel like we left – Left a lot of yards on the field, even more so left points on the field. Um, you know, we, we moved up. I think the previous year we were 89th or something like that in total offense. Last year we moved up to 28th in the country. Um, and a number of other statistics that we, that we climbed uh, quite a bit in. I think we were 15th or 16th in the country in terms of trips to the red zone. So we moved the ball really well. Um, but room for growth comes in our red zone touchdown and scoring efficiency. Not, not great there, and actually a drop-off from where we were my first year. Um, and then converting better on, on third downs. We, moved, we, we converted better last year on third downs, significantly better yeah. than we did the year before, um, but we weren't as good as we should be on third and short and goal line situations. So red zone, um, two-minute situations, um, are certainly uh, ways that we can improve and things we've been emphasizing. 
Okay. Uh, six months ago from now, uh, back, you were prepping for spring practices. You got six of them in uh, before the COVID uh, crisis shuts the sports world down. You've said that BYU is probably as well equipped or better equipped than most to deal with everything that happened due to, you said two things, consistency of personnel coming back and then the kinds of guys you're coaching. Uh, can you maybe uh, elaborate a little bit on, on both of those? Yeah, so just just having guys that already know the offense gave them, I felt like, a better opportunity to do things without us being involved as coaches. And then and then I think we have the kind of guys who, who take initiative, are self-starters, ambitious and driven, and willing to go out and do that stuff and work, even, even if they were on their own. I know I, I talked to so many guys who didn't even have access to a gym for a while, but they were working out in their garage or they were running hills and doing push-ups and, and, uh, and, and sit-ups and doing what they could. And so I feel like um, now that we're at this point that, 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 of course, I don't know where anyone else is, but it seems like we're a little bit further ahead than, than we certainly could be. So the challenges are real. Uh, the protocols are a handful at times. How much has August, though, felt like real football to you? Yeah, it's it's felt almost normal, you know, with the exception of, of having to wear a mask and, and not be um, maybe as tactile as we normally would be um, with, with, those, with those minimal exceptions, which are things you just kind of get used to. Uh, it has felt like a normal fall camp. Uh, what's your face covering of choice, by the way? You've, I see you, you've put it away. Is it is it handy? Can you bring it out? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got one of these uh, one of these gators because it's easy to pull up and pull down. And even if you were, to, it looks kind of fashionable, just like it is right now. So. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I thought about how easy it was to not lose. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, time again for a break. As we step away, we remind you that for your daily Cougar Sports play-by-play, tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time. Coming up in our final segment of this week's show, Coach Grimes naming his offensive camp MVP and helping us preview BYU season opener at Navy. You are in the coordinator's corner. Brought to you by JCW's. The Burger Boys, back with more right after this. Boise showing from the edge. It's a handoff to Katoa. It's a give to Hefo. It's a flea flicker and a throw to Bushman. It's complete and another touchdown! All right, one week from tonight from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. It is BYU at Navy, third all-time meeting, but the first in 31 years, the season even, the series even, at one game apiece. Back on our season debut of the Coordinator's Corner, visiting with Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes. And, uh, uh, Coach, what was your uh, initial reaction when you saw Navy pop up as your season opener? Because when you started practicing, you didn't even have a team yet when you started yeah, we didn't, and and you know, um, number one, just just glad to have a team uh, to play. Uh, number two, a, lo- a lot of respect for that program. You know, really, really good program. And then the more I began to watch them, the more respect I gained. They're a good team and a really good defense. So it, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Uh, depth chart for the Navy game came out uh, this morning, and uh, at the top of it, at quarterback, is Zach Wilson. He's had the most reps in his college career, the most starts for you at BYU, and he's won the job. Yeah, and I would say the the best thing about that is that he earned the job based on what he did this fall. What he did in fall camp earned him the job. And we really didn't have to say we're looking at 
the entirety of his career or the larger sample size that's there for him than other guys because he he earned it based off of what he did this fall camp. Um, I really I think number one he's healthier than he has been. Um, certainly than any time he was last year, last year with the shoulder and then the thumb. Um, but he's also further ahead mentally. He's really worked hard on his game. He's one of those guys that during the, the quarantine, the downtime, he did a lot to increase his, um, his knowledge of the game. And so really pleased with what we've seen from him this fall. So health may be the, the, the primary reason you'd expect him to uh, uh improve upon last year's performance, where do you think it'll show up the most? Um, Well, I think early in the season, he didn't have the same zip on the ball that we saw from him as a freshman, Mm -hmm. just still coming back from that shoulder. And so I think now he can make all those throws comfortably. He can throw the comeback to the field and he can throw the out and he's always had a good deep ball. Um, So I I think first you'll see that zip on his ball, the ball coming out um, with more velocity than what it was uh, at any time, probably last year, and then and then I think just in his decision making because the time that he's really worked, and then and then uh, quarterbacks no different than any other position or any other sport. The more reps you get, the more comfortable you become, and so I think you'll see that in his decision making. If you were to look back all the way to last August, were you crossing fingers a bit for him at the start of the season, hoping? Yeah, yeah definitely. We knew he would be able to play. We just didn't we didn't know exactly what percentage he would be. What do you think he was when the season started, looking back at it? That's hard to say. Um, I don't know, maybe around 80%. Okay. Uh, running backs, how many do you feel good about playing if they had to play a lot right now? Um, I would say the, that we have two that are, that are head and shoulders above anybody else in Lopini, Katoa, and Tyler Algier. Those two guys really pleased with with the work that they've put in, and, um, and I feel like they're guys who can do everything. They can run the ball, they can run good routes and catch, and they're good blockers as well. Okay. You lost three top wideouts. You've got a current big three, if you will, in Neil, Dax, and Gunner, fair to say. Mm-hmm. Behind them, some people uh, are, uh, seem to be pretty excited about uh, like Chris Jackson, for example, Cody Epps, they've, uh, how, they, how they played during August. Yeah, you're right. There are those three and then everybody else. Yeah. And I think those three will get the bulk of the reps. However, there are some guys who can fill some spots, and you'll see them take some reps here and there. And, and you mentioned Chris and Cody, those guys. I shouldn't uh, overlook Keanu as well. Yep, yep, Keanu has had a good camp. Uh, Braden Cosper has had a really good camp, a guy that, that was injured for, for most of last season. And so there are a number of guys that are behind those top three that we think we'll, we'll see some contributions from. But if you had to ride that trio, you're comfortable in doing that, right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, offensive camp MVP, when you look back on August, who'd you like? Clark Barrington is a guy that we that we chose as an offensive staff, and really I put a couple of pieces of criteria there. First, I wanted somebody that practiced every day in fall camp. I didn't think it was fair to give it to somebody who missed some time, even though it wasn't their fault for being injured. We had a number of guys who were out for a day or a week or a couple of weeks. Um, and then second, we wanted to see somebody who really made drastic improvement. And if you look at how Clark played last year compared to where he is right now, um, really, really pleased with his progress as a player. Where is he better? Um, well, you know, last year he was a true freshman, so he's just trying to figure it out, you know, injected into the lineup mid-season and, and um, just a lot, in a lot of uh, cases just kind of 
hanging on. Um, but right now, I think he's playing with much more confidence, which creates a player that's playing with much more um, speed and and um, aggression. And uh, I just like his focus right now. He's very, very focused on the on the job every single day. How do you and Coach Mateos then feel about the group as you start the season with the starting five right now? Yeah, feel good about the group, and I think we're we're in position to make that kind of jump that that we've been looking for from our offensive line. You know, last year um, I felt we played good in some spots, and then in some spots not quite as well as maybe we could have. And um, you know. Um, moving guys around due to some injuries, I think, created a little bit of, of instability there. But the biggest jump we're looking for is for that group to lead our team with toughness. All right. Tough opponent to open the season. It's option for the defensive guys to worry about. You've got to look at Navy's defense, which last year was outstanding. Yeah. They had a new coordinator, and he did some stuff. They were pretty active, uh, put up some big pressure numbers last yeah. year. Yeah, not your typical academy defense. Much more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, 16th overall in, in total defense in the, in the country. Um, 10th in rush defense. Had 28 sacks. I mean, this is a good defense and very aggressive. Not afraid to play Zero coverage, which means no deep safeties in any situation, um, any down and distance, any place on the field. And so very aggressive, um, a lot of complex blitz patterns, and I've got a lot of respect for their defense and for this coordinator. Okay, social media question for Coach Grimes coming in from David Greenland. And he says, uh, early last year, uh, there were a couple of times we saw creative play calling involving both Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall on the field at the same time. How much creativity do those players allow you as a play caller? A lot. I think when you've got, anytime you've got two guys on the field who can throw, then that gives you um, an advantage, gives you a weapon. And that's, that's been the case with our team. Not just with those two quarterbacks, but with some of our some of our other skilled players who can throw a football as well. And so, um, I think you'll see some more of that this year. Okay, question coming in from David Garner says: Between changes in offensive coordinators and trying to keep quarterbacks and running backs healthy, patience, consistency, and health seem to be very important. Is BYU almost there? Can you see any signs of those things in camp? And is it clicking? In his words. Um, yeah, I think we're certainly moving in the right direction. Health is something none of us can yeah. control, especially this year. Um, and so, you know, uh, last year was probably, in my 28 years of coaching, the worst uh, case of the injury bug that I've been around for one side of the ball. You know, three quarterbacks hurt at various times, four running backs hurt, four offensive linemen hurt. Um, it was just, it was a tough, tough year in terms of injuries. The year before, a number of running backs hurt and a couple other guys too. So um, hopefully this is the year we can stay healthy. And, and, you know, whenever it gets talked about, nobody wants to talk about it when you're in it because it's just next man up and we don't worry about that kind of That's stuff. Right. When you have to look back and look at the totality of it all, yeah, you, you, you would have looked a little different, you know, if, if certain guys played 13 games instead of nine or four or two. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But the other thing it does for us as coaches just remind us how important our depth is. It's easy as a coach to focus on the starters. If you're not taking time to develop your number two and number three at any position, um, then it's like uh, driving your car without insurance. Not advisable. Right. So a week away from game day, do you feel like you're there? Like did, now that we've made it to this point, you're not quite at the finish line, but you can see it. Yeah, you're at that point as a coach where, you know, we're so excited to play and hit somebody besides our, our defense. Um, 
and our players are certainly feeling that way. But as a coach, you're thinking about, okay, I hadn't practiced picking up that blitz enough, or we haven't worked that route versus zero coverage enough, or we need um, a little bit more time spent in the red zone. So there's, uh, there's some of both feelings right now for sure, but more excitement than anything. A lot of excitement. I'm looking forward to getting – I've never called a game at Navy. Uh, have you been out there? I've not been, be to, been to West Point and Air Force several times, yeah. but never Navy. This will be great. Well, it's so good to see you back here, and we'll do this uh, many more times in the season ahead. All right. Looking Thanks, forward Jim. to it. All right, that's going to do it for our season opener and our season debut of the Coordinator's Corner on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app. No show next Monday because it's a BYU game day at Navy. We're back with you in two weeks. So till then, I'm Greg Grubel for The Coach. So long.